to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week, we're going to be looking at the case of In the Matter of an Application by Dennis Hutchings for Judicial Review, Northern Ireland, and the citation for this case, 2019 UKSC 26. And the proceedings that we will be looking at today take us back to the Troubles in Northern Ireland. This is a period of British history that has definitely come back into the headlines in the last few years, as action is being taken against former British soldiers who are, often by this point, elderly pensioners. In this instance, the soldier in question is Dennis Hutchings, who is by this point 77 years old and in poor health. The specific incident involved the shooting of an innocent young man called John Pat Cunningham more than 45 years ago. At the time of his death, he was 27 years old, but because of difficulties, his mental age was somewhere between 6 and 10. He was also scared of soldiers, and so when he saw two British Army Land Rovers on that fateful day, he was startled and began to run away. Unsurprisingly, this raised the suspicions of the group of soldiers who pulled up and shouted at Cunningham to stop and put his hands in the air. When he failed to do so, five shots were fired, and this unarmed man who was just trying to get back home died almost immediately. Hutchings was part of that group of soldiers, and in 2015, he was charged with the attempted murder of Cunningham and attempting to cause him grievous bodily harm. This on its own was controversial enough, but the main issue in this case first came up in April 2016 when the Director of Public Prosecutions, or DPP, issued a certificate stating that the defendant would not get a trial by jury. Instead, there would just be a single judge in accordance with Section 1 of the Justice and Security Northern Ireland Act 2007. In particular, Section 1, Subsection 2, sets out the two factors that have to be met in order for such a certificate to be issued. Firstly, the DBP must suspect that any of the noted conditions are met, and in this instance the relevant condition was number 4, which stated, quote, Condition 4 is that the offence, or any of the offences, was committed to any extent, whether directly or indirectly, as a result of, in connection with, or in response to, religious or political hostility of one person or group of persons towards another person or group of persons, end quote. Secondly, the DPP must also be satisfied that as a result of that condition, there is a risk that the administration of justice might be impaired. In the end, Hutchings only found out about the issuing of the certificate more than a year later in May 2017, and at this point he decided to launch a judicial review against the decision of the DPP. For a start, it was questioned whether Condition 4 would even encompass the situation where an officer of the British Army had shot someone who he suspected of being a member of the Irish Republican Army, or IRA. Beyond that, there were also procedural grounds for the review, as Hutchings argued that he should be able to review the evidence before the issuing of the certificate, as well as the reasons given by the DPP. Finally, the fact that he was not given a chance to make representations to the DPP ahead of the decision, also formed part of the proceedings. A case of such magnitude was always likely to end up before the Supreme Court, and so that is where we pick it up. Lord Kerr gave the only judgement in this case, and began by acknowledging the sheer breadth of how wide Section 1 of the Justice and Security Northern Ireland Act 2007 is drafted. 
Remember that when we described the two factors, the key words that we used were suspect and risk. In other words, the DPP has to only suspect that a condition is met, and there is a risk that a jury trial would impair the administration of justice. To be honest though, and putting this in a different context, I might suspect that there is someone following me down a dark alley, and feel there is a risk I might be harmed, even if nobody is actually there. This goes to demonstrate that those words are more about the subjective impression that a person has of a particular situation, rather than something which is concrete or for which there is evidence. When putting this in the context of the DPP in section 1, it obviously doesn't allow them to make a completely arbitrary decision when it comes to issuing a certificate, but it does mean a decision can be based on something as wishy-washy as a general impression of the case. Even condition 4 that we quoted in full earlier on does all that it can to leave the DPP with as much discretion as possible by covering offences that, quote, to any extent, end quote, are connected to religious or political hostility. This means that even the false belief that Cunningham was running away from the soldiers because he was somehow involved with the provisional IRA was enough of a link to the political and religious hostility of the time. The final nail in the coffin comes from section 7.1 of that same 2007 Act, which seeks to limit the possibility of judicial review in relation to decisions made by the DPP. Now, this isn't a complete ouster clause because paragraphs A, B and C allow for review in cases of dishonesty, bad faith and other exceptional circumstances respectively. The question was whether the decision in relation to Hutchings fell within the parameters of other exceptional circumstances, and the general conclusion was that it did not. In general, the effect of the provision is to limit judicial review, and so it is unlikely that this is what was envisioned when contemplating what exceptional circumstances look like. While that completes the discussion of the 2007 Act then, and how it should be interpreted, this was by no means the end of Lord Kerr's judgement, as he went on to discuss the idea of a right to trial by jury. The Justice notes that while that right does exist, it is by no means an absolute right, and may need to be limited when it mitigates against the possibility of a fair trial. That is the situation here. The Act was passed in the knowledge that a fair trial by jury may often simply not be possible, and that it may on occasion be necessary to conduct a judge-led trial instead. So as we move on to our own analysis of this case, it is easy to see why this case has garnered so much attention in the mainstream media on both sides of the Irish Sea. On the one hand, the punishment of an elderly man for a crime allegedly committed nearly half a century ago seems unnecessarily cruel. But on the other hand, the murder of John Pat Cunningham is only one example of the atrocities committed by the British Army during the Troubles, and achieving justice for these historical crimes is an important way for the region to move forward. I am not especially keen to express my own views on this subject as it will likely just have the effect of alienating half of the listenership, but for anyone else who is still making up their own mind, I think that the key principle to bear in mind is the public interest. In other words, is it in the public interest to bring Dennis Hutchings to trial? Much of this will depend on what you consider to constitute public interest. Keeping a 77-year-old off the street hardly seems like it should be a priority for the justice system, as it is not like he presents a threat to the public or is likely to re-offend. 
Nevertheless, a broader interpretation of what public interest means would instead look to the benefit of demonstrating on a public stage that the murder of an unarmed man with learning difficulties will not be allowed to pass, and although it may take 45 years to get there, justice is achievable not just for the friends and family of this victim, but potentially for other victims too. A final point to be made in relation to this case concerns Lord Kerr's comments on trial by jury. The average person on the street likely considers jury trials to be an inherent right that is enshrined in the constitution, but that is far from the case. If the recent imprisonment of Tommy Robinson has taught us anything, then it is that high-profile criminal trials can be fragile things, and even the prospect of tipping the scales of justice in one way or another has serious consequences. That a defendant has a fair trial is more important than a trial by one's peers, and so one can begin to see the foundation for the 2007 Act passed by Parliament. The incident that sparked this case might be nearly a half century old by this point, but sectarian strife remains a relevant concern in 2019 to such an extent that trial by jury is not necessarily the same thing as a fair trial. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this episode, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Special thanks this week go to Mike55818, who left a very kind review of the podcast on iTunes. Remember that if you get the time and the opportunity to leave your own review on uh, iTunes, then that is always very much appreciated by myself, and I'll be sure to read your name out on the podcast. Well, I'll be back with another case next week, but for now, bye!